Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to another episode of Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and another episode of Letterboxd Recap, where we go through our Letterboxd movies that we've watched this past week, as well as rate the top four Letterboxd of five fans. Very cool. Very excited about this episode. I got four watches in. Pretty low compared to Anthony, probably at 17 on the week, right? Only 19. Only 19. No, I watched one, two, three, nine movies. Nine movies for Anthony this week, and four for James. It's about average. Ten. Sorry, Standard. ten. Sorry, yeah. Okay, so ten movies. Like four I was, weeks I, in a row, I you got counted. ten. I don't know. I'm on fire. I mean, I'm on fire. 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 <laughs> You're on fire. <laughs> I had a great marathon last night, and I've been. I started watching the Pirates movies again, as well as I started. I did the Captain America trilogy. So I've just been burning through movies. Oh, thanks for reminding me. i got to put First Avenger on mine because we are doing Captain America Trilogy on Thursday, and I'm going to bang out Winter Soldier and Civil War today. And I hadn't seen them forever. Also, I, I finished up watching The Bear, first, so that took up a lot of my mm. time. So I watched f- the entirety of Season 2 in like two or three days. So that, I, I didn't watch any movies for three days because I was watching The Bear. How would you like The Bear finale? Dude, I thought I loved the second season. Yeah. And we just posted an episode of it yesterday. And I thought it was a terrific show. Might as well just talk about it real quick. And I really enjoyed it. And the second season was really stellar. And they really found their groove. And it was moving. It was cooking. Pun intended. Characters were great. The story arcs were great. Transformations happening. Richie was a great character. Mm -hmm. Sydney, Carmen. I really have not stopped thinking about this show since I finished it. It's just been on my mind. You've been listening to the soundtrack all week. Soundtrack is great. It's a good soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack. They had uh, the money for some really good songs in the second season. Yeah, well, I mean, season one ends with Radiohead. That's true, yeah. You know, so they still had a budget for that. But it's a great soundtrack, but I really enjoyed the show. I really did. And I know everyone was requesting us to watch it for so long, and I'm really glad we finally did. I hope you all enjoy the episode. It It was a really good time to talk about and. It's one of the best shows, I think, running right now. In, oh, yeah. In it got television. a bunch of nominations for it's, Emmys it's and It's one Globes. of the best shows yeah. right now. And, you know, for a 25 to sometimes 40-minute episode show, usually around 30, I think it really held my attention extremely well. And you did a vote on Spotify for favorite character, and Richie's the clear front runner. Dude, he's so he's, terrific. He's got, like, Ebon more is than half. an incredible actor, man. He yeah. steals every scene he's in. Amherst, represent Massachusetts. <laughs> We're not from Amherst, but Massachusetts in the house. Well, I went to school in Westfield, Massachusetts, which is just past Amherst, uh-huh. where Amherst College is. So you and you and him are basically like best friends. Basically. Well, I mean, cuz I cuz he's got a great city accent in the show, mm-hmm. and I was one, I was like is he he must be from like New York or He does or the best accent. But he's got a yeah. great cuz like the East Coast accents, they're similar to, like, the Chicago accents. Chicago, just a couple words here and there. But in terms of, like, the city shit-talking way of talk Attitude. of speak, like, yeah. he's so good at it. He's, he's great in it. And it makes sense that he's from Massachusetts. Now, let's get into our first watches, and then we will rate the top four of five fans who sent us their top four on Letterboxd. How's that sound? Sounds terrific, man. I'll go first. I'll do two, since I got ten, just to go two and one, all right? <laughs> We do this every week. So we watched Remember the Titans as a Discord watch party with our patrons uh, to prep for the season of football that is now underway. And I gave it four and a half stars, and I wrote the greatest football movie of all time. We also just did a Patreon episode review of it uh, last week, so go ahead and check that out. It was a great 20-minute review of this classic. I think it's the best football movie. I think it is number one. Denzel's amazing. The cast is great. Incredible movie. And I think I, it's I think it's top tier Disney movies. I totally forgot that I watched that too. So yeah. I just you added got five. That. So bro. I got six now. I got six, six now. Nice. Look so, at you, dude. Remember the Titans? I hadn't seen it in like a decade. And man, Disney used to make some real good movies. 
about just normal people doing incredible things that phrase you always say and I thought it's such such a special movie. Denzel Washington is terrific in it. I was laughing. I was crying. So emotional. The football is excellent in it. They really did a terrific job, and uh, I forgot how good that movie was. It's great. And then I watched— I gave it four and a half stars. Four and a half, perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's just—it's up there. It's almost perfect. And then I put I put on Gangs of New York just because— you know, it was on Max. They just added it. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> I gave it four and a half stars. It's uh, an incredible movie by Scorsese with, I mean, one of the best performances ever with Danny Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher and Leo. This is the first collaboration between DiCaprio and Scorsese. Now, I don't give this a five-star rating because I do think it runs a tad long. It does kind of get a, mid- a little middled in terms of its story. They could trim about 15 minutes off the film, and I think it would be a tighter uh, better film that being said it's still fucking awesome and i love it i've seen it maybe a dozen times by now but i just really enjoy it it's very different for his filmography he does a really cool job with the action with the violence there is so so much great gore in this movie there's a lot of great like brutal stuff happening and i enjoy the the setting the the wardrobe the costumes and and the cast is excellent i love gangs in new york oh man. yeah i took it i think with my third pick in our martin scorsese draft yeah you did didn't you took it pretty early this boy has no odds. It's excellent. It's excellent. All right, how about we rate the uh, top four of some fans? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. And in case you don't know, if you want to send us your letterbox top four favorites, all you got to do is screenshot it and DM us on Instagram, and we will add it to the list because we do five every episode of Letterboxd Recap, and we love to just go through your four favorites and rate them and talk about them real quick. So first we got... Wilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> so Will has his top four. Parasite. Fuck yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. Then we got 2001 A Space Odyssey. My guy. You're going to like the next one too. Her. Oh man, what a great four. It's excellent. What a great top four. I love every single one of those movies so I love much. Parasite being up there. And yeah. then Will has recently watched Catch Me If You Can. Her. The Suicide Squad. And then Triangle of Sadness. I like the Suicide Squad better than Suicide Squad. I don't care what anyone says. Everybody does. No, everyone likes Suicide Squad better than the Suicide Squad. Wait, wait. James Gunn's is the Suicide Squad. Oh, never mind. Vice yeah. versa. I like <laughs> Suicide Squad more than the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I don't like either that much. So come I'm, at me, bro. I'm not. I'm honestly not a fan of either. Come at me. Honestly. Oh, they're coming after us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who we got next? Next, we got Mac Wells. Favorite director, Christopher Nolan. Favorite actor, Christian Bale. Favorite actress, Amy Adams. Favorite cinematographer, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Favorite composer, Hans Zimmer. What do you, I feel what like you, I would get along with Mac. This is, that is his bio. Oh, okay. I was confused for a second. I, li- I, like, I like these. I like these picks. These are some fucking solid picks. Yeah. All right. 2001 Space Odyssey. Another two in a row. 12 Angry Men. Nice. I was waiting for a Nolan one. Inception. Mm-hmm. And then another Eternal Sunshine. Whoa, that's so weird. We should do an episode on that soon. We absolutely should. Don't you think? Two Letterbox Four favorites in a row with two of the same movies. I love that. I mean, they're great movies. They are great movies. Eternal Sunshine really is just, it's such a special movie. There's nothing like it. It's really well loved. And I just love Michael Gondry's direction in that film. It's so creative. It's a perfect movie. No CGI. It's all practical. It's just amazing. It might be the best relationship movie or one of the best. It's up there. Maybe the best breakup movie. Yeah, I would say it's the best breakup movie. Might be. I mean, yeah, there's Kramer versus Kramer, and then 500 Days of Summer. And Marriage Story. Marriage Story. I like the breakup with, with, uh, with Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. It's a funny movie. I've never seen that. 
It's pretty good. It's a good rom com. In terms of a breakup, it's pretty good. Interesting. I maybe. think you should, I think you would like it because you, you love rom coms, but like I, I, I recommend it. It's actually really solid. I actually watched uh, Vince Vaughn movies on my list of um, my Letterbox recap because they're great. They're both great actors and they're, they're stars. They have yeah. great chemistry together mm-hmm. and anti chemistry. All right. Next up, we got Curtis Henry Pomeroy, also known as Kurt Twenty on Letterbox. We got the Batman. I'm vengeance. <laughs> I'm vengeance. Then we got Inception. Two in a row. Then we have Raiders of the Lost Ark. My guy. The namesake. And you're going to like this one. Ford vs. Ferrari. Hell yeah. Excellent films. What a good movie. What a movie. I like seeing the Batman on here. What a Batman's list, great. too. Yeah. It's, fucking, it's a banger list, man. We Bangers. saw Goblet of Fire Outdoor Cinema. We'll get into that in a little bit. And when Pattinson showed his face for the first time, I think he goes, Yeah, I'm vengeance. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he jumped down that tree. It's pretty funny. All right, next up. It's oh, funny, for, yeah. for uh, Kurt's recently watched Across the Spider-Verse, Catch Me If You Can, John Wick 4, and Super Mario Bros. On fire. On fire! All right, Marshall. Oh, I like this one. Marshall has Chunking Express with a great poster. Love that movie. So the poster, uh, this letterbox poster, it's a split screen of both tails, basically. So one is with uh, him holding the little toy airplane. Of the airline, and mm-hmm. then the other is um, the other guy and the woman drunk at the bar in the middle of the night, just like barely staying awake. Mm. And it's split screen on it. I love that. Then we got Grand Budapest Hotel. Amazing. The beautiful poster of the hotel in nighttime. And then we have Heat. <laughs> heat. I mean, they got a great poster selection, honestly. He's got a great Heat, heat, heat poster pick, too. And then we have Snatch. I love that pick. Guy Ritchie film. Look at that poster. That's sick, isn't it? That's excellent. Yellow background with all the hands and weapons used as like this one joining image. Fucking A. That's an awesome Snatch poster. Snatch is such a good movie. And then, hmm, I don't know this quote. His Marshall's bio says, if memories could be canned, would they also have expiration dates? If so, I hope they last for centuries. That's Chunking Express, actually. Yeah. yeah. With the, uh, the canned fruit he gets. Okay, next up. The final top four of today comes courtesy of Jordan... Jordan sends to us his top four are The Prestige. Nice. Are you watching closely? You've done terrible things, Robert. Really terrible things. You've done terrible things, Angia. Robert. 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 <laughs> Robert. You're right. I, I fucked it up. <laughs> I literally said it. <laughs> you fucked it up. <laughs> oh, man. You said it perfectly, and I was like, no. It, 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 you did it, like it. a Michael Caine accent, too, instead of Christian. It's like, yeah, I can't do the... My English accent always... Ends up becoming Michael Caine. <laughs> I won't bear another Batman. Next up, we have Your Name. Excellent film. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Let's go. The best one. Oh, yeah. The best one. And, my then, and then Black Rain, an obscure pick. Very cool top four. I like that top four. All over the place. In the best ways possible. And Jordan said it was really tough to pick four, but he wanted to throw that obscure pick in just to like cool and awesome. it's an interesting pick i love it well thank you so much for sending your top four letterbox everyone and again if you want to do this as well just screenshot yours dm it to us we'll add it to the list there's over 100 that we have to get to so bear with us as we patiently or be patient as we get to yours eventually 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 all right anthony what was your next couple of watches 
for your Letterboxd week. <laughs> so speaking of Vince Vaughn, I watched Wedding Crashers. <laughs> Just because. I was like, I want to I wanna watch a funny, ridiculous movie. What a funny movie, That's man. exactly what it is. It's, it still holds up. It's pretty funny. Uh, overall, the story isn't that great, but it's still just like, it's very goofy. I gave it three and a half stars and I wrote, dude died in a hang gliding accident. What, what an idiot. <laughs> once he shows up, once Will Ferrell shows up, oh my God, man, I'm dying. Uh, but it actually has a very funny first 15 minutes. I think it has a, it has that great montage of the wedding crashing. Yeah. It's a great, like 10 minute montage of what they do. We all know why I like that montage. <laughs> With that makes me want to shout. It's a really catchy, fun sequence. Yeah. Uh, middle of the story kind of gets a little like, oh, okay, let's get things rolling. But Bradley Cooper as an asshole is great. He's the asshole fiance. And then Isla Fisher and Vince Vaughn are f- awesome together. They are so fucking funny. Owen Wilson, he's great, but he's not like he's not like Vince Vaughn funny. Vince Vaughn just like he's just stealing every scene he's in. So he's he's a great sight to see all the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean yeah. Owen Wilson's a good driver in that movie. Yeah, but like exactly. everyone else like steals the scenes. He's Owen Wilson is he's not like super funny, but he works as the lead in yeah, comedies. He's fine. Yeah. And then you have a stronger comedian opposite him to really make people laugh. And then Rachel McAdams is great too. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. It's an awesome movie. Christopher Walken. One of our last great comedies. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. Just, I'm just another notch on your belt. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I had V for Vendetta. No way. Four and a half stars. Also, they have, I just picked the coolest fucking poster. It's this really great retro design. I love it. So I gave. We have one. Of, yeah, we ver- have that in the house. Yeah, we have that in the house. Yes, it's fucking awesome. So I gave it four and a half stars, and I wrote the comic book version of 1984, and I'm here for it. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. Hugo Weaving's great. Natalie Portman, I haven't seen this movie in like five or so years. She is so good in this movie. She fucking carries it. When well, I mean, Hugo is amazing as well, but like she emotes so much, and she goes through so much transformation, and my God, she just destroys this movie. She's so good in it, and I love 1984. And I think it's just so brilliant that they cast John Hurt as the Chancellor in V for Vendetta because he played the lead role in 1984. So it was just a great like connection to that film, to that story that inspired this Alan Moore, um, no- this uh, graphic novel and then mm-hmm. eventual film. But I think they did a really wonderful job with this adaptation. Yeah, it's so well directed, uh, produced by the Wachowskis as well. And it, I love the action sequences in that movie. It's awesome. We're Great do- score by Dario yeah. Marinelli. And I believe no, the 5th of November is a Thursday this year, so we will be doing V for nice. Vendetta on the 5th of November. So remember, remember, the 5th of November. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Uh, it's uh, Sunday, but that won't stop us. We'll, we'll do be it doing it for Vendetta that Monday. Yeah, we'll do it Monday. Remember the remember the sixth of November. Yeah, it'll be the fifth somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> At some point, it'll yeah. be the fifth. All right, my next watch after Remember the Titans was Open Water. Now this is a pretty solid shark movie. It's slightly based on true events and. What happens to this couple is actually more horrifying probably than being stranded at or being attacked by sharks, you could say, because they're on this vacation and then they go scuba diving. They're, they've scuba dived a lot. They have, they're certified and everything. Then they take a little trip with a crew and a whole bunch of people, an excursion basically on a boat with like 20 other people to go in the middle of the ocean and swim coral reefs and see plant life and everything. And so they scuba and they go down and everyone's having a blast, but they get left at sea, they get left in the middle of the ocean by the boat because there's an issue with the counting. Some guy on the boat couldn't swim. Then he ended up swimming. So the count was off. So they count the heads of how many people come, go off so the they, boat. So they thought they counted the people. They thought they counted yeah. correctly, but then a guy who wasn't in the original count ended up swimming. And so oh, then right. they missed them. It was it was the excursion's fault, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely horrible uh, way to run your business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then they're stranded in the middle of the ocean. And it's really scary and anxiety-inducing and almost claustrophobic to an extent, despite being in just such an open space. But they're just floating there in the middle of the ocean with no chance or hope of a boat seeing them. A couple times boats pass by, but they're so far away and they're so tiny, it'd be impossible to be seen. And they literally just have to wait and can't do anything. And it's this great couple dynamic where they eventually start to turn on each other. They kind of blame each other for the reason why they're in the situation. But then obviously they they come back together, but it's really scary. And then the sharks start to come one at a time. And of course, I'm sure you've all heard of this movie or seen it. It's pretty horrific and terrifying. But they did a great job low budget. You don't really see much. They got some great shots of sharks under the water, but not huge ones. But it's scary as hell and really effective filmmaking on such a low budget. And it's slightly based on this couple that did disappear and were left behind. No one knows if sharks got them. They could have just dehydrated and died or something. But eventually, I believe some pieces of their gear washed ashore, mm -hmm. but they couldn't confirm if they were shark bites on it. Mm -hmm. So it actually really did happen, and this has happened before. Yeah, it's a great movie for what it is. And it was a, it was a pretty good success for its really small budget, just yeah. very simple digital cameras for the filmmaking and... You know, then they made a sequel called Open Water Two, and it's just so Hollywoodized and cheesy oh, and corny. I didn't watch that. I watched the trailer. I'm like, really? Come on, because what makes it is the the lo-fi quality makes it yeah. work. It's almost it's almost documentary. Found footage to an extent, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Almost, almost like that. Yeah, it's yeah. And I love the final shot. I don't want to spoil it, but I love yeah. that final really moment. Good ending. It's a fantastic ending, and it's just horrifying. It, that's terrifying because there's not you're just basically waiting to die. Yeah, waiting to die. There's nothing you can do. And you're trying to keep your composure as long as you can until you accept the fact that you're going to die. Yeah. And there's nothing that you can do about it. I wonder if, like, man. When really, the, as soon as they got up to the surface of the water, yeah. I'm sure uh, the husband is, like, the more advanced swimmer. Yeah. And was the reason why they got certified to do this trip and everything. So I'm sure that he knew, oh, we're dead. We're fucked. We're fucked. But yeah. I'll try to lie about it for as long as I can mm -hmm. until he eventually breaks down and loses his composure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. It's horrifying. Man, what a fucking cool movie. Yeah. All right, next up, I got your Hulu because you got a free trial of Hulu. Well, By the way, it's not free. I mean, eventually. Are you going to keep it? Well, you ha free trials aren't free. You still yeah. have to pay once the trial's over. Uh -huh. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. But do you want to keep Hulu for, like, for the definite future? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, me, me either because I don't Michelle? Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Michel. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. We should mate. I mean, date. <laughs> I forgot about that one. We should mate. Bro, I, mean, I could date. quote that whole movie. <laughs> um, but uh, so I got your Hulu, and they have the Pirates movies, all of them. So I was like, I'm going to watch the first three. It's interesting that Disney puts their Pirates movies on Hulu and not on Disney+. Plus. I think they're just trying to get people to buy Hulu. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that they know that there's a large number of people that don't know that Disney owns Hulu. So they're like, Probably we, we like can half get, the people, maybe So we more. can get both. We can get people to sign up for both is basically, I think, their mindset. Then they're like, they probably don't even know we own ESPN, too. Yeah. By the way, they just jacked up the prices. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I saw. So it's $18 a month for Hulu. And $20 a month for Hulu, $18 for Disney Plus now. Ad-free? Yeah. Yeah, ad-free. They just changed it uh, yesterday. They just keep bumping it up. You can't get it with ads. I think it's 7 a month, but ads are so... Like, it's not worth so it with lean. ads. Like, if, if you're paying to still have ads, it's not worth it. So, yeah. But I was like, I have not seen the Pirates movies in a while. I've seen, I've seen Black Pearl. I watch that pretty regularly, like every two years or so. But I haven't watched the other two... Um, for a long time, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do the the original trilogy. Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. Yeah, so I started with Curse of the Black Pearl, and I gave it five stars, because it's perfect, and I wrote, a perfect adventure film. Studios should take note of what Gore Verbinski did with this. It is just flat out a perfect movie, and Gore Verbinski, what he pulled off is really incredible, just... There's so many great elements. You have romance, you have comedy, you have incredible production, wonderful cinematography, Excellent CGI for the time, and then a wonderful score. But then there's this tone where it's like it has a very adult tone, and then it goes, it, and then it's very playful, so kids can watch it too. So there's this thing, and it's not dumbed down. The movie's not dumbed down for kids. It respects the audience, yeah. and I think it actually took a lot of chances as well. And also, it's pretty pretty graphic. I mean, the skeletons are pretty scary. Yeah, it gets dude, it gets scary as yeah, hell. For, it's a horror movie. For in the a Disney half. movie, yes, yeah, it's, it's PG thirteen, but like I said, it's scary. Yes, Disney movie, like because the ride's scary. I just, I, if, I imagine if you're a kid, uh, it's, yeah, if you're a kid, sure. So then they want to emulate that, and like this is back when Disney wasn't afraid to to make like a movie that had some good scares in it still. Yeah. And there are moments where I'm just like, man, I can't believe they they let them get away with this now because it would never it wouldn't fly anymore. We'll never get movies like this. No again. way. We'll never get an adventure film like this. It's over. Like I know you said, studios take notice, but they'll never ever be like this again. It's wild. And also like the themes, they're they're being so simplified now. Whereas the themes of this one are just I love it. Just like the old school like hero. You know, good versus bad, evil. Like, there's so many great themes in this film. I mean, even if you want to talk about, like, the thematic element of, like, colonialism. I mean, that's in yeah, Black Pearl. Absolutely. But, like, if you made a movie today, that'd be, like, every conversation would be about exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Like, in your face constantly. Be, but, like, yeah. it's so subtle. And all what movies, it used to be so subtle. Mm -hmm. You get the points across. Everyone knows what you're talking about. But yes. now it's just in your face. No more nuance. We'll never get adventure movies ever again like that. That's a great point. You're absolutely right. Because it would just be, like, a never-ending jab at characters. And if you if they made it nowadays yeah and, and they would just be like this is back this is before they were putting modern context into period pieces yeah and it just it doesn't in my opinion it doesn't really work when you do that and so this is why pirates one is a standout as like something that will just this movie in particular will just li live throughout the, te the test of time because of that it's, it's got great characters it's too, timeless man. that's what makes it timeless yeah and great the characters. characters i mean jack will turner i mean uh what, Elizabeth. She's, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is great. I mean, 
She that, was 17 when she made that movie. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Jeffrey Rush is great. Jeffrey Rush is great. He's fantastic. So, yeah. All right, next up, another five star. I watched Good Will Hunting. We watched Good Will oh Hunting. Oh, my God. I forgot. I, I didn't You log watched it. a lot of movies this I week. I did. I watched seven. Holy yeah. crap. You, you didn't rate it. You didn't log it, man. I keep... I'm going to log I've, that I've shit. I've been bad with my letterbox lately. I really have. See, man, you did a great job this week. I did. You, I had you seven. averaged one a day. That's a lot. So, we watched Good Will Hunting at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood, projected on 35mm film in a theater, and it was wonderful. I gave it five stars, and I wrote, just saw this, one of my all-time favorites, in a theater on 35mm film, and it was nothing short of sensational. Thank you, New Beverly Cinema. Good Will Hunting is a perfect movie. It is one of the best screenplays ever written, and it's also just one of the best acted movies I've ever seen to this date. I've seen this movie. It's cl I'm closing in on probably 20 watches of this movie, and it still just holds up every time I see it. And to see it on the big screen with an audience in a dark room was just really fantastic. The comedy, sometimes with a... The thing with comedy is sometimes it doesn't really age that well. And not in terms of like the style of com the like the tone, but like it just doesn't really work. Like Wedding Crashers, I remember as kids, it killed us. Now I watched it the other day. It was funny, but it wasn't as funny as I remembered it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Goodwill Hunting, the comedy still works. Every single joke still lands. The audience was laughing out loud every 30 seconds because the it, the comedy is so well written. And so well performed by the cast that it just sticks every time. And this is a this is a comedic film that will I think will people will always find funny and hilarious. Yeah, and you know some of the jokes are pretty offensive, but they landed. Yeah, they the still land. In the audience laughed. They still land. They still landed, and it's a perfect movie. We've done an episode on it. You all know how much we adore Goodwill Hunting. It's it's a perfect film. It's magical. It's that good of a movie. And we could talk. It's the about best it Boston movie. It is the best. It's Boston the best movie. Boston it's, movie. It's one of the dude. It's one of the best screenplays ever. Yeah. It's a terrific screenplay. It honestly, like when you see movies that win awards, you're like, this is one of them where you're like, okay, it deserved the Oscar for it's best a, original. It's screenplay. a special film. It could have won best picture too, man. It could have won everything. Good. Yeah. It could have won uh, actor for Matt. If it came out in a different year, it might have won a ton of awards. It just won supporting actor, right? For, for yeah, Robin. supporting actor and screenplay, and that's it. Oh yeah, best original screenplay it won. It's a really, really special movie. Man, all the way back in 1997, when they announced the the year, I was like, "Oh fuck!" I'm <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Um, yeah, it was like it was like the 25 year anniversary last year. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was, was like, I, "Oh my god!" I also gave it five stars. Obviously, <laughs> um, my other watch, moving on to my week, was Moon. I gave it four and a half stars. This is one of my favorite nice. space movies. Yeah, and I had recently switched my letterbox for favorites to all space movies, and this is number four on that list for me. I think it's a really special, underrated science fiction film from Duncan Jones. He made this before he made, um, what's it called? Mute? No, the, World, uh, tr um, the train one. Oh, uh, Source Code. Source Code. Moon stars Sam Rockwell before he was, I think, widely... Nobody knew who he was back then. Just just cinephiles Acclaimed did. like he yeah. is now. Like, he's so loved now. Everyone kind of knows who Sam Rockwell is, I think. Yeah. Especially the last, like, five or six years. Oscar winner, Iron I mean, Man. Yeah, three three yeah. billboards was huge for him as well. But this was before he was in the space of being an unknown star and he was doing a ton of good indie films like choke is a really good movie that he was yeah. in and he has a bunch of great supporting roles i mean in the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford he's excellent in that as well he was in george clooney's directorial debut confessions of a dangerous mind he's the lead of it and he's great and this was one of those movies where i where i saw him in it i remember we watched it for the first time years ago when it came out and i was just like this guy's a star he's terrific and it's just him yeah the whole movie is him and he plays this astronaut 
who is living on the moon because he's in charge of this facility that mines the moon for resources run by this mega corporation. And I won't, I won't spoil what happens, but obviously in the trailer, there's another version of him. Like someone who looks exactly like him, a doppelganger, shows up. He himself is getting very sick, but then this other healthier version of himself has come to this space station on the moon and they're both kind of confused about what's going on. They're trying to figure each other out and understand what's happening. And who's the real version? And there's a gr- it's a great mystery. It's a great doppelganger film. And I don't want to spoil what happens. But if you've never seen Moon, you like sci-fi, you like mysteries like this, it's up there. It's great. It blends so many genres so well. And it's really well made. And then Duncan Jones, he's a wonderful director. He's the son of David Bowie. And I like how he, he doesn't go by the last name Bowie. Yeah. Well, I don't even think Bowie is David Bowie's last name, though. Probably not. Maybe. I, I think David Bowie's last name What's is... What's his real name? I wonder. I'm pretty sure it's Google Jones. It. Oh, Jones. Oh, cool. For the last name. But he could have... Yeah, Robert Jones. Okay, but David he could, Robert Jones. He could have done Bowie, though, if he was like a Probably. different kind of personality. I guess because... But D- Bowie's a stage name. Yeah. that's. I don't know if that would work. I guess so, yeah. But so, yeah, David I'm, Robert Jones yeah. is Bowie's first name. Real mm-hmm. name. But like, this is an example of like, yeah, he's a famous person's son, but you know, he earned his weight. Like, he made this movie on no money, and... All of the visual effects are incredible miniature shots, these beautiful miniatures, and he made it work, and he really showcased that he has the talent. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And Source Code, I I actually prefer Source Code. I, I, I fucking love Source Code, but I also love Moon. There's a movie, Oblivion, um, Krasinski's second film, that I think some, what rubbed me the wrong way with Oblivion is that I think it borrowed too heavily from Moon. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of similarities, and they it came out only a few years after Moon. And I was like, when I watched Oblivion, I was like, ah, oh, man, it feels like it's kind of taken a little too much from Moon. That I wouldn't just say it was out. taken away from it. I think uh-huh. it was just like kind of a coincidental, similar Story, idea. Yeah, yeah it's not it could the, be, but it's not like Moon it's not was, the same. It's not like Moon was the first movie yeah. to do what Moon did. Yes, in yeah. terms of what happened, what where this person came from. Yeah, like it's done. It's been done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the '90s there were plenty of these movies. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I think just coincidences. Yeah, you're probably right. But Moon's excellent. How many do you have left to, to talk about? I have three left. I have... I have four left. Sorry. All right, sorry. I, have three I wasn't left. scrolled I have, all the yeah, way down. I have three left. So go ahead. Oh, sweet. Do, do two. Okay. Next up, we watched a movie in the park. <laughs> it was great. A movie that I watched two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire in the park at night. It was fantastic. I gave it four and a half stars. It's just this outdoor cinema club. Uh, they do all sorts of movies and shows outside, and it's really cool. Hundreds of people go. You can bring food and drinks and stuff, and they have a bunch of food trucks lined up, and it's just a really wonderful night. It was a perfect evening. It wasn't too hot. It's starting to cool down in L.A., so it was, it was a pretty nice evening. We got some sushi burritos. We got some loaded fries. We had a ton of uh, – we definitely, definitely didn't drink alcohol in public. In a park, and, and that's definitely not what we did. No, they, you can drink alcohol. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, because okay. it's technically illegal. No, but like not there. Yeah, they yeah. literally sell alcohol there. They have a bar there. They did. Yeah, there's a. We walked right past. You looked at it. Oh, I, I, I was reading it. They had like drinks, but I didn't see alcohol in the butter beer or anything. No, no, there's that's a bar. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, you gotcha. can drink at, at outdoor movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, gotcha. It's totally fine. Illegal. Sick. They prefer you to. I almost got the butter beer, but it was twelve bucks. <laughs> But it was a wonderful experience. It actually sounded really good. They had some good speakers set up. As long as you're sitting in the middle. Yeah. And Ish. then the screen's great. Like, it was just a, a fun time. But 
I, I saw that James almost like I think he came close to like killing a family. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> well, no, no, there's a little girl who kept like talking, and she it wasn't her fault. Her mom kept like joking around with her. Her mom kept like tickling her, and her mom kept like talking during the cemetery during, scene during the Voldemort scene, and. We just kept like looking There's at them. There's 600 people there, right? Yeah. No one's saying a word except for No this one even mom. had their phones out. This mom and yeah. this daughter are just loud as hell and laughing and giggling. And I understand like you love your kid. <laughs> this is not a park. Yes. It's, well, it's Griffith Park, but we're all watching a movie. The do context you, of it is not a play Do park. you do this yeah. in an actual movie theater? It I was, was yeah. so annoying. And they, it had, shut the fu- shut your kid up. It had to be like right next to us. Of all the spots in the park, it was right next to us. Everyone was dead silent. I was like, if you were doing that during the school dance scene, sure, okay. But it was the fucking Voldemort had just been re he had just been re uh, resurrected, and he was talking to the Death Eaters, and we hear just <laughs> and then we're like the mom's tickling her, and like it's like guys, what are we doing here? Come on. Everyone was silent except for these two. Yeah. I was actually shocked. Like, I was looking around, and nobody was talking, and then nobody was even using their phones. I thought it was – like, everybody was, like, really into it. Hey, it was man, we great. were there for a reason. I've seen people use their phones more in movie theaters than they did in the outdoor park. True. Ironically. I was expecting the opposite. Well, I mean, real movie fans, like, go to do stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. You're in the moment. It's an awesome experience, outdoor movies. That was my first uh, movie in a park. Holy crap. Yeah, this is the first one I ever did. It's like my 20th, man. Yeah. I've done the rooftops, but not never in a park. Rooftops not the same. Yeah, so you have to wear headphones and it's just Yeah, like, you're right. The fucking headphones. And they're terrible. Yeah. They're terrible headphones. Yeah. They're uncomfortable. You're right, because we watched Marcel and we had headphones on, but like Goblet was great. And we got these great little lawn chairs. It was very comfortable yeah. and cozy. But that burrito, man, that thing fell apart. <laughs> yeah. It's still good, but <laughs> sushi burritos are interesting, but yeah, because they are very weak. It was just basically a big sushi roll. They're not structurally sound. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My next watch. What do, you, what do you rate Goblet? Oh, I give four and a half. I, it's not. It's now above Order of the Phoenix for me. You like it better? Yes. Because I've seen it twice in the last two weeks, and uh-huh. it's gone up. It's got great filmmaking. It's just that it came after Azkaban. It's a hard follow-up. I think that... I mean, my, my thing with that movie is that I think the music is not great in Goblet of Fire. I think the music holds it back a little bit. Same. I made a tweet. I tweeted... I, I, cool, I, man. I... <laughs> I tweeted, it's an X now. <laughs> I X'd, I wish John Williams could actually, instead of making music for new movies, could compose new music for the last five Potter films. Just put it in. I Yeah, just like redo, just ma- write new music for it. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Some people got offended. They're like, how dare you? Like, the music is really great. I'm like, guys, it's just a tweet. And also, like, it would be fucking awesome. Goblet of Fire, the music is not that special. I mean, I think he did a, Patrick Doyle. The thing is, with uh, job. they splat did the best job out of all the new composers, without a doubt. But I would also say that the soundtracks that Williams didn't compose, I don't listen to them that much. Nicholas Hooper's is pretty good for he Half has Blood some Prince. good songs. Yeah. Half Blood Prince is pretty good, but it just doesn't. But I, I Hooper did a good job, but it just didn't feel. No one ever could do what Williams did. Yeah, and he actually he just created a whole new a whole new tone to it. And like when we were watching the Voldemort scene. I was like, oh, I wish we would have had what Williams would have done. He would have like some fucking crazy choir shit going on yeah. right now. I knew, I know he would. <laughs> like that would have been fucking like the Voldemort rebirth with John Williams composing the music. That would have been fucking insane. Yeah, would have been sick. But no, this movie's it's excellent. It's great. Yeah. All right, my next watch was Captain America: The First Avenger. Again, we're doing uh, an episode on the trilogy on Thursday. And I gave Captain America the First Avenger four stars. It's solid. Four it's stars. a good wo- yeah. World War II movie, man. Uh-huh. 
And I mean, Steve Rogers is a great character. We'll talk about him eventually. And this, this you know, little guy who has the, a huge heart, never gives up. I can do this all day. Just wants to fight and serve his country. Becomes a part of the Super Soldier pro- program, and becomes the first Super Soldier in American history. Gets turned into basically a celebrity, a, a stage act, until he starts to fight against the Nazis, against Schmitz. Nazis, then goddamn Nazis. And it's an excellent movie. The action's really solid, and I think it's got some really cool sequences. And Chris Evans clearly is a star. We all knew it, and this was like his the biggest movie he could have ever done. And who's the director? Um, Somerset or John? Can you double check it right there? It is. Hold on. I, I like I like First Avenger. I, I give it three and a half stars. Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston. He was actually the art director of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. He did Jumanji as well. Yeah, so he learned a lot on Raiders movies, and he was uh, he started out as an art director, though. That's why, like, that film actually has a lot of similarities to the Raiders movies. He made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, October Sky, Jumanji, Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, he's a great uh, family movie guy. He made The Wolfman, though. That movie would disappoint oh, me. Oh, man. But um, there's a, the similarities. I'll talk about in the episode. Similarities between First Avenger and uh, Raiders movies. Cool. But no, yeah, that, when I was watching, I'm like, this feels kind of like an attempt at, like, oh, we, let's try to capture Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like to me. But it's a solid movie. And, man, like, the MCU was really cooking back then. They were getting it going, for sure. They were cooking. Like, I'd, we'd never seen anything really like that before. Next up. I watched... I didn't watch First Avenger, but I watched Captain America the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I skipped First Avenger. Maybe I'll watch it in a little bit. But I gave The Winter Soldier four stars, and I wrote, This film made Steve Rogers a badass. Excell- excellent action sequences, car chases, and an amazing amount of gunfire make this a unique Marvel entry. There's so many fucking bullets shot in this movie. Dude, it's Steve great. Rogers kills a ton of people in it's the first great. movie. He it's kills a great. ton of people in First Avenger. I wish we got more of that in the last few years. Capture Trilogy review next week. Uh, I just there's I feel like there's gunfire gunfiring has just been completely eliminated from the MCU. Oh, 100%. And when you see it in this film it's like, "Whoa, this for, is fucking for awesome." The heroes. Yeah. But like Scarlet, I mean, Black Widow kills people. It's she's it's just great. You get to see like real stakes. I feel like when a couple of the scenes where there's like fucking assault rifles just going ham on both of them. It's just like it was. It's really fun, and the Russos did an excellent job with the action sequences. And ironically, even though Marvel has sadly Marvel has geared itself towards just like green screens and CGI, when you watch this one, you're like, "Oh shit, they actually flipped that truck." Oh yeah. shit, they're actually blowing that up. Like they're doing it for real. They're and on it, a real city street. It looks better, and all the fans agree. I just don't understand why Disney won't let the filmmakers do it like that anymore. I don't want to work that hard, man. Yeah, they just it's want way it done. cheaper and efficient. They, they want it efficiency and speed to hit a release date. And yet, every fan agrees that it, the action looks better in this movie than any of the new ones. Yeah, when you think about people still like, what are your favorite favorite MCU movies? They seldom say anything that's come out in the last three years. It's always oh, yeah. like the, the bangers, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, Iron Man, like still the the old ones. Yeah, but I mean, they the action in this is awesome. Like really good fights. I really enjoyed it. All right. My, also, it's the best Nick Fury. Yeah, it's the best. This is the best Nick Fury. What they did to him. They turned him into a joke. I saw some parts of Secret Invasion, man. What they did to Fury is just so sad. This is the best representation of Nick Fury. It is sad. Especially, and also in Captain Marvel where he's not as badass as he should be. And Captain Marvel. Man, like, well, also, speaking of Captain Marvel, in this movie, 
he talks about like how he, something happened, how he got his scar, like he he suffered through something. But then in Captain Marvel, you learn a, just an alien cat scratched it. It's lame. It's like, come on, man. You just ruined his fucking he's, scar. He's just like, they turn him into kind of a bum. Yeah. Even in Captain Marvel, they, he's not as cool as... He's like a, a pencil pusher in... It's just not the same. He's great in Winter Soldier. Yeah. He's awesome. It's his best version of himself. All right, my final watch of the week was I Care A Lot. This was... This is a Netflix original starring Rosamund Pike. And it's based on this crazy true story about these people who take advantage of the healthcare system in terms of uh, people, elderly people who can't take care of themselves and have no family and need legal guardians. So what these people do is they scam the system and they basically kidnap these elderly people. Rosamund Pike, this is what she does for a living her in her in the movie. I remember the trailer. Yeah. So they basically, let's say there's an elderly person, they have no family, and this these people have connections to their doctors. And they have valuables. They have a home. They have, you know, retirements. They have savings. They have stuff. So basically what they do is they deem with the doctor. They have the doctor deem the person incapable of taking care of themselves, that they need help, that they're a danger to themselves, that they need help, that they can't function because they're so old and they're suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's and arthritis. They really need help. And so then the court appoints a legal guardian to the elderly person who is Rosamund Pike in the movie, and then she acts like, oh, I'm so I'm here because I care. I, that's what I do for a living. I care. I care a lot. I'm here to take care of you and make sure you're safe. But then what she does with every person, she sticks them in a retirement home, gets them drugged up the up so much that they can't function, and then they, she sells all their properties over mm-hmm. time. And they basically just die, spend years and years just dying and rotting away inside these retirement homes while she milks them for everything they're worth over time, selling their homes, selling their property, taking their savings, but doing really clever things like saying that she needs to sell these things because the person needs a specific type of care or more mm-hmm. extreme care or something like that. So it's so messed up. It's a terrible thing that really happens. And the movie's funny. It's not super well made at times. I believe she was nominated for an Oscar for she this. She got nominated yeah. for either an Oscar or a Golden Globe. Uh-huh. And but it's it's an enjoyable movie, and again I, I you'll you'll laugh uh-huh. and you'll be like what the fuck is going on? Isaac Gonzalez stars in it as well, Peter Dinklage is in it, but it's solid and yeah. the ending is excellent. So I so because I remember the trailer and I remember thinking oh that looks really cool, but then re- reviews came out and audience reactions came out and it was just very middling. Is it's, it? It's good. I yeah. gave it three and a half stars. Uh, okay, gotcha. So it's just it did. It, it wasn't as good as like the trailer made it seem. Like it, the, it made it. The trailer I remember was really strong. Yeah, I mean the the concept's great. The story's yeah. solid. Acting's really good. But again, it's, it's a Netflix original, so the production kind of just looks like every other Netflix movie. Gotcha. So uh-huh. the production isn't amazing. Uh huh. But overall, the story's so crazy and, and messed up. It's got a. It, it doesn't always know what it wants to be in terms in terms of its tone. Mm-hmm. In terms of like sometimes it goes too far into like the comedy black comedy realm, and it wants to be the Social Network really bad. Everything wants to be the Social it, Network. Like the music, I was like, you guys are ripping off Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross with Social Network so intensely and Dragon Tattoo. Dude, every movie about corrupt business people just tries to make it like the Social Network. But it's a really good ending, yeah. and Rosamund Pike's excellent. Well, yeah, she's fantastic. All right, maybe I'll watch it sometime. I, I remember being intrigued by it. All right, next up, I have Captain America Civil War. I gave it four and a half stars. I wrote top five Marvel movie that worked as a perfect setup for the following three years. This is a 
a really strong outing for the MCU. And this, I think Civil War's success is really what got audiences at a fever pitch for Infinity War and Endgame while also introducing new characters like Black Panther, learning more about Vision and uh, Wanda, as well as you know doubling down on the storylines and, and characters that we've seen before and their relationships like like Bucky and Sam and um, the others. I like the, I think this movie is really fantastic and it's a lot of fun. I think it has a bit of a slow first hour, but once things get cooking, it's really exciting. It's really excellent. Uh, once Peter Parker shows up, it's like, oh my God, fuck yeah, let's go. And then the conclusion, even though I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of you know fighting in an airport, it's still a lot of fun. Then I will say uh, an issue with it is I, I don't you don't feel that anyone's really in danger when they're fighting each other. That's an issue as well, but it's still cool until they get to the Iron Man, Bucky, Cap fight, and you're like, holy shit, someone's going to fucking go down, it seems like. That's a great fight. Yeah. I think that the three of them, that fight is an all-time MCU fight. It's really fantastic. It's really well done. CGI looks great. I love the conflict. I really like dividing the characters, even ones who were friends originally. They've chosen new sides. However, I we'll get into it in the episode. I'm not a huge fan of like blaming the Avengers for New York City, blaming the Avengers for Sokovia, blaming the Avengers for DC. You know, they saved millions of lives, and the, yes, there's collateral damage, but it's better than being enslaved by Loki and his army. You know what I mean? So I'm not totally behind that, but I understand they use it as a catalyst for the Sokovia Accords as a way of dividing the group. Um, and I think Nemo, Zemo, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Zemo's a great villain. He's he's a uh, definitely a top tier Marvel villain for sure in the films, uh, performed by uh, what's his fucking name? I'm sorry, what's his name? From... Nemo. <laughs> Daniel Bruhl. He's great as Zemo. I like this film. I like the tone, um, and it clearly uh, audiences loved it as well. And it led into the strongest outings of Infinity War and Endgame for sure. Cool. All right, that wraps our. I got letter. one more. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Can you let me finish? I thought that was it. Next up, I got Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> Four stars, and I wrote the Temple of Doom of the Pirates movies. This is a, I, I think this is the weakest of the first three. Just because the first hour takes a while to get rolling. Once David Jones shows up, it's fucking awesome. And the Kraken scenes are f- mind-blowing. The CGI of Davy Jones... I was watching this movie. This movie was made in 2006. The Davy Jones scenes, I was just watching like, I was like, that looks real. The Davy Jones face, the tentacles and the skin, it looks so fucking, it's definitely, it's got to be up there for the greatest CGI ever done in film. Because I was just, every time he was on screen, I was just like, this is amazing. How is it's this? really excellent. How is this almost 20 years old and CGI works, looks worse than ever now? Like, I don't understand it. He actually cared. And yeah, that's it. The care. Not that the, the visual effects, I mean the studios. Yeah. The studios actually That care. they gave the time that was needed to do it properly. And my God, the visual effects of this movie are absolutely stunning. The comedy doesn't quite work in the first half, but once they get back in the ocean, they spend a lot of time on land with the native tribes and Jack almost getting cooked alive and stuff like that. It's fun, but it, I just think the comedy doesn't quite work. But then once they get back onto the high seas and we get back to what the strengths of the pirates idea of films are, then the movie really gets rolling, gets cooking, and the second half of the film is really fantastic, and I really adore it. I, I love 
I love the Pirates movies, the first three, the first three for sure. And then we got the new villain is excellent. Um, I, I like the film a lot. And then we have Hans doing all the music by himself. Um, he just adds some great new themes to the film, but an excellent second entry into the Pirates Pirates franchise. Nice, I love it. All right, that wraps our Letterbox recap for this week. <laughs> lots of movies, lots and lots of movies. I for, I didn't realize I did seven. But thank you hey, so much you did for a great job. In. Again, episodes this week was The Bear Yesterday, the TV show we went over both seasons and really enjoyed that show. So don't miss that episode if you are a fan of The Bear as well. And please share it with your friends who like The Bear as well as you. Also, again, Captain America Trilogy on Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of Lost Podcast and leave those five star reviews on Spotify and Apple. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.